Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2324 with a release date of Friday, May 13th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is AQST. Illegal use of amateur radio suspected in Japan. Brazil gets proactive on solar panel RFI. And pioneering pilot Amelia Earhart is honored on both sides of the Atlantic. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2324 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Our top story this week takes us to Japan, where a report about a fatal tour boat accident says the operator may have made use of amateur radio illegally. Jim Meachins at L2BHF takes up the story from here. A Japanese tour boat that sank last month, killing 11 of the 26 people on board, was making use of amateur radio illegally as one of its main communications methods, according to a report in one of Japan's main daily newspapers. Japan's Radio Act forbids the use of amateur radio for profit-making purposes, but according to a report on the Mainichi Simbin news site, the Yazhu-1 tour boat relied often on ham radio to communicate with the officers Office, other tour operators and other ships. The boat sank on April 23 off the Shiatoko Peninsula of Hokkaido in the northern Japanese waters. The news account said that it was believed that the captain of the boat was unable to get a signal on his mobile phone and the onboard satellite phone was broken. The news report said that another cell phone was used to summon help, but did not identify who it belonged to. The report did not say what kind of distress led to the boat sinking, nor did it say whether anyone also used amateur radio that day to summon help. Anyone found guilty of a violation of the Radio Act faces a possibility of as much as one year in prison or a fine of one million yen the equivalent of $7,700 in U.S. currency. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, Sedil to BHF. Brazilian lawmakers have passed a tough new law limiting RF interference from solar panels. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, brings us the details. Brazil took an important step in the containment of solar panel RFI by adopting new regulations and requirements that took effect on the 2nd of May. The ordinance governs the generation, conditioning and storing of electricity in photovoltaic systems. The move by Brazil's National Institute of Metrology and Quality was hailed as positive by amateur radio operators, including members of the Spectrum Management and Defence Group of the Liga de Amadores Brasileiros de Radioemissão, or LABRE, the Brazilian National Amateur Group. The Brazilian organization provided guidance and feedback to the National Institute with the help of the Electromagnetic Compatibility Coordinator of the IARU and the ARRL. A statement in English translation on the LABRI website praises the new regulation, which uses stronger language than in the 2011 version, providing this kind of RFI protection for the first time. In translation into English, LABRI praised the measure, calling it, quote, an effective advance in the protection of radio communications in Brazil against interference generated by photovoltaic systems, end quote. For amateur radio newsline, 
I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. Amateur Radio Newsline has lost a friend, a supporter, and a colleague. Phil Thomas, W8RMJ, has become a silent key. Jack Parker, W8ISH, tells us about him. Members of the Germantown Amateur Radio Society in Ohio learned of the death of Phil Thomas, W8RMJ, in an email from the club's president, Phyllis Moyer, KE8CPM. According to the note, Phil became a silent key on Thursday night, May 5th. Phil was known more widely in the Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana area as the creator of Amateur News Weekly, a regional news report bringing local hams updates about amateur radio activities. Although he had put production of the newscast on hold recently because of health issues, he had hoped to restart the reports when his condition improved. Listeners to Amateur Radio Newsline were also familiar with Phil's voice. He was an occasional contributor to our weekly global newscast. Phil was first licensed in 1980 and later took the call sign of his late father, Clem. Phil and wife, Rilda, N8LJB, were licensed at the same time. Phil was a co-founder of the Germantown Amateur Radio Society and had been active in the Midcars Amateur Radio Service. The Midcars website lists him as one of the net's regular service control operators. At the time of his death, he had been looking forward to attending Hamvention later this month. Phil was 70 years old. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. The next story brings a moment of pride to Newsline as we share that one of our own correspondents is among those receiving top honors in Australia. That story comes to us from John Williams, VK4JJW. Congratulations to Newsline's own Graham Kemp, VK4BB, for being awarded a President's Commendation at the recent Wireless Institute of Australia Annual General Meeting. Graham was honoured for his leadership of the News Service Group and for his anchor duties. Graham joins a group of other honorees, including Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, and Peter Young, VK3MV, who were also recipients of the President's Commendation. Bevan Daniel, VK5BD, received the Ron Wilkinson Achievement Award for his production of the National News Service videos. Andrew Chapman, VK4QF, received the Chris Jones Award for his vital role in creating the cross-linked repeater network known as the Southeast Queensland Wide Area Network work. Ian Jackson, VK3BUF, was given the Technical Excellence Award. Hayden Honeywood, VK7HH, received the Michael Owen Medal. And Grant Willis, VK5GR, was given the GA Taylor Award for various roles, including his involvement in the IARU on behalf of the WIA. The eight awards were announced on the 7th of May. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. Speaking of awards, we are halfway through the month of May and the nomination deadline approaches for the Amateur Radio Newsline Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. It's time to think about the next generation of radio operators and appreciate their skill and dedication. Perhaps one of them will be the next award recipient. Consider nominating an amateur radio operator 18 years of age or younger in the continental United States with talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find applications application forms on our website arnewsline.org under the YHOTY tab. Nominations close May 31st. If you're heading to Hamvention in the company of some younger radio operators, this next story may be of interest to you. Stephen Kinford in 8WB has the details. 
Younger radio amateurs visiting Hamvention will find a busy agenda at the Youth on the Air booth in the Xenia Fairgrounds Volta Building. Booth 4304 will be welcoming young visitors by hosting mini forums on Friday and Saturday in coordination with ARIS, HamSci, the Yasme Foundation, and a number of other groups. There will also be social hours for young amateurs who stop by on Friday and Saturday at noon. These activities will take place in a small meeting area just behind the main booth. For more details, visit youthontheair.org hamvention2022. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stefan Kinford, NAWB. Meanwhile, in Germany, young students have already shown their enthusiasm for making even more contacts, as we hear in this report from Ed Durant, DD5LP. Throughout Germany on Thursday, May the 5th, the amateur radio bands had school, club and educational call signs with the prefix of DN on the air for the 23rd Annual European School Club Day. Students listened for stations calling QRZ throughout Europe. Some QSOs were also arranged in advance. The highlight for many students, including those in Berlin, was an enviable DX. Successful contacts were made with DP0GVN, the German Antarctic Research Station Neumeyer 3. Florian Schmidt, DL1FLO, who oversees education and youth work for the DARC, declared the day's activities a success and said other such events will follow. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WM3PEN repeater in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. local time. Few things can touch history and relay its message better than amateur radio, especially across an ocean. Two groups of hams on opposite sides of the Atlantic plan to do just that, as we hear from Dave Parks, WB8ODF. Amelia Earhart, the American pioneering aviator, crossed the Atlantic Ocean nonstop on May 20th and 21st in 1932, becoming the first female pilot to do so. On the 90th anniversary of that achievement, some radio waves will accomplish the same thing, coming from transmitters in Atchison, Kansas, and Londonderry, Northern Ireland. Hams in Londonderry will activate the call sign GB0AEL between the 13th and 30th of May, celebrating the pioneering pilot whose single-engine plane touched down on the very field where they will be calling QRZ. Operators will be amateurs from the Northwest Group Amateur Radio Club MN0NWG. Meanwhile, in Kansas, Earhart's hometown, operators Steve KC0VYS and Chuck KB0TOT will be on the air on May 20th and 21st at what is now the Amelia Earhart Memorial Airport. Both stations will be offering commemorative certificates for hams who make successful contacts. Steve wrote on his QRZ page that the hams in Kansas will be using his call sign and promoting the Irish activation too. The AEL in GB0AEL stands for Amelia Earhart Legacy. Hams in the Northwest group have written, quote, By making contact with GB0AEL, you will also be making history. End quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. 
Organizers in the UK are preparing for a summer camping festival that they describe as, quote, a temporary village of geeks, crafters, and technology enthusiasts, end quote. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, tells us what's going to happen and when. More than 2,000 people are expected this summer at Electromagnetic Field, which will bring technology, scientific curiosity, and a special event amateur radio station to East Nor Castle Deer Park in Herefordshire. The volunteer-run not-for-profit event is taking place between the 2nd and 5th of June and will include an amateur radio village, GX1 EMF, and AMSAT UK village, GB4 EMF. Campers will be able to arrive as early as the Thursday before in order to set up, and they needn't take down their camp until the Monday following. In addition to speakers and workshops on everyone's favourite tech topics, there will also be music and other entertainments. The event is held every two years, although the 2020 field day was cancelled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Ticket prices and other information is available at the website emfcamp.org, that's E-M-F-C-A-M-P, one word, dot org. Those attending only for the day are eligible for free admission. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The Parks on the Air award scheme has three new categories for DX hunters. Vance Martin, N3VEM, brings us that report. In Parks on the Air News. Due to popular demand and a willing supply of sponsors, we have added three new DX Hunter categories to this summer's plaque event to complement the new DX Activator plaques. This brings the total number of plaques available to win up to 17. To have a shot at winning these plaques, join the fun on July 16th and 17th. More details are available from the plaque event menu item at poda.app. If you're a ham that happens to be into free and open-source social media platforms as an alternative to the offerings of the large corporate interests, we're pleased to share that Parks on the Air and several of its volunteers now have a presence on the Fediverse. Look for us using the handle at parksontheair at mastodon.radio. This is November 3, Victor Echo Mike from Parks on the Air with your month ending April 2022 Parks on the Air update. In the world of DX, be listening for Gerben PG5M, active as HB0 slash PG5M from Liechtenstein until the 15th of May. Gerben is operating holiday style on various HF bands using CW only, QSL via PG5M or Clublog's OQRS. For updates, follow the Twitter page of his home call. Members of the Ecuador DX Club will operate special event station HD1E from Quito, on Monday, May 23rd, and Tuesday, May 24th. The hams are celebrating Ecuador's Bicentennial Independence Day, which is on May 24th. They will be on all HF bands using all the usual modes, QSL via Logbook of the World. A free commemorative diploma will be available for all successful contacts. Other hams in Ecuador who are members of the HCDX group have been using the call sign HD200BP since May 1st from Quito and will continue until the end of May. They are commemorating the 200th anniversary of the Battle of Pichincha. Look for them on the HF bands using sideband and FT8, FT4, QSL via EC5R. Be listening for Reiner DL2AAZ using the call sign TO2AZ from Bastère, Guadeloupe between May 27th and June 10th. Reiner will operate holiday style on 40 to 10 meters, including 30, 17, and 12 meters. He will be using CW and sideband QSL to his home call. 
Our final story this week reminds listeners how small amateur radio can make the world, especially in an emergency. Ed Durant, DD5 LP, explains. There's a great distance between the American South and the Azores, where Gaia Tor Christiansen, LA5ZO, was with his sailboat in late April. The Norwegian amateur heard a ship's urgent transmission on the 12 MHz digital selective band on his DSC-equipped HF radio and quickly pinpointed its origin as the United States. Suddenly, the vastness of geography became irrelevant. Gaia has been a radio operator on merchant ships and oil rigs for much of his life and, as he told New Newsline, responding to a radio distress call is simply something an operator does. Gaia reached out to the United States Coast Guard via satellite phone. Meanwhile in the US, the Coast Guard received a call on VHF FM Channel 16 from the crew of that same ship off the coast of New Orleans, Louisiana. A crew member had gone missing and was reported overboard in the Gulf of Mexico. According to a Coast Guard press release and a report on the NOLA.com website, the Coast Guard sent out an urgent marine information broadcast and several units of the service began a search in the waters. Gaia said he learned later the man was successfully rescued. The Coast Guard could not confirm those details to Newsline, but a report on Southgate Amateur Radio News said a heat-sensing camera located the man who was wearing an inflatable vest for flotation. A helicopter rescue pulled him out of the water. No doubt the rescued man held fast to the lifeline as it was lowered to the water for him. The other lifeline radio was one he perhaps could not see, but it was surely there as strong as ever. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. With thanks to the ARRL, Arp Root and Carter Funeral Home, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, Gertor Christensen, LA5ZO, Manichi Shimbun, NOLA.com, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Parks on the Air, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Thorsten Schmidt, DO1DAA, U.S. Coast Guard, Washington Post, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at News at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3 and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022, all rights reserved.